Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, ladies. Hello, hello. We are separated again. <laughs> We're destined to be on different parts of the globe. Romeo and Juliet. Literally, we're Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> I know, and it's our festive, silly Christmas ep where we're usually um, wasted. Take yeah, me back at your to your house, yeah, yeah, or take me back to your dad's house in the depths of winter hell when I was editing an AWD episode on during Christmas dinner, during Christmas lunch with my dad's like insane housemate who was like. We was just cooking for us. It was so gorgeous. We all had our festive mm-hmm. jumpers on. And then he, like, completely unbeknownst to us, was, like, smashing vodka and crashing His Coke was not just a Coke. It was not just a Coke. <laughs> 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 that will go down in the annals of Christmas as, like, one of the he most He literally chaotic fell asleep at the table at, like, 6 p.m. <laughs> and I was like, what is even happening? Because I didn't even know he was drinking. And then... Yeah, it was so chaotic and cursed, and I was heartbroken and depressed, and me and your dad were, like, <laughs> in a corner talking about heartbreak, and you were like, Mum, you guys have been broken up for, like, 20 years. <laughs> I know. It was so gorgeous. He was, like, relating oh. your breakup to him and my mom. He, he's yeah. A, he's a lovesick man all these years later. Of course. Who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't be? I know. Gorgeous. But, yeah, this year will be, I think, an improvement for you. Not for me because I'm going to be in the air flying, but you have just arrived back in gorgeous NZ. I, Grace just said that I look relaxed and sun-kissed and I was like, that's... You look how I think I'm going to feel when I get down under. 
Okay, well, you know what? I've realized that that's nothing to do with being relaxed and sun-kissed and everything to do with picking up a... Um, it's literally been pouring with rain the entire time here and no. seeing family is not relaxing, I have realized. Um, but it's everything to do with the freaking rationale package I picked up in my hot little hands the minute I landed. Oh, my God. I was going to say... That'll be what to- you're seeing. That's yes, I'm literally seeing the rationale glow in action. We haven't talked about this, but after we talked about very organically talked about my love for rationale it turns out the gorgeous gorgeous girls at rationale are pod listeners we literally love and adore you and worship you and yep <laughs> our new religion they put us in touch with their gorgeous like head of education katie who did a consultation with izzy and i and has blessed us with all these glorious products so we're glowing we're thriving i went to dinner the other night and my friend was like you look so fresh and i was like my nervous system is frayed so it's the rationale glow yeah it's it's special i mean i felt like poog when that happened i was like we're organically mentioning things this is the second time this year that we've organically mentioned things we've loved And they've come to us in a special way, like when we were talking about how much we love Patron when we were drinking. My boyfriend's Patron and then Palomas, Patron Palomas turned up at our door. I feel like um, we need to become like Poog, which is, I've mentioned before, but a podcast we both like about, that's supposedly about beauty and wellness, but they just talk about everything. But they always talk about products they like and put out shameless call outs for products. I would like to start leaning more into that. Um, It's manifestation. Yeah, what yes. do I want? <laughs> a Mercedes Benz. Yes, the <laughs> wardrobe. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Poog, very quickly, um, they Kate Berlant was talking about how she's never felt be- more beautiful in her entire life, and she was trying to figure out which of the three changes it was she made to her routine, which obviously you should always make one change at once and document it. And she was saying she worked out that it was Gua Sha, Gua sha. Gua sha is really legit that I realized on TikTok. And then I started telling people and everyone was like, oh, scoffing. Oh, Grace, you just discovered gua sha. It's so old school. For you. And I'm like, why does no, Why don't more people talk about it if it's as effective? I felt like I feel like I thought it was faux science. Same. Who's scoffing? It's those little things. People are scoffing. They're scoffing left, right, and center. They're scoffing while we're talking about gua sha. But are they using it every day secretly? This no, is so annoying. No. I know. People are getting, as we will discuss, buckle fat removal and not doing a simple gua sha when the tools cost like $6. Yeah, so I have a gorgeous gua sha. I think it's like, I don't know what it's made out of. It looks like it's made out of Honamu, like greenstone, but I don't know. It's gorgeous. It was like 40 US dollars, got it, got given it by this amazing makeup artist in LA, never, ever once used it, even though it was what's a, um, Patty DeBroff, that famous celebrity makeup artist literally said to my face and she looks so insane in real life, her skin, her everything. She's like the most luminous, gorgeous woman. I was like, I will take any advice you give me. Like a model, except and then this one. no, and then she was talking about how she uses gua sha and it's amazing. And that thing has sat in its packet for the past like three years, unused. And then I was listening to Poog, and before I left on my trip, I threw it in my suitcase. Haven't gotten it out, so this is pure rationale. But yeah, apparently they're amazing. Kate Blanc was saying that she used it on one of her wrinkles, and it disappeared. She said she felt luminous because it like pushes. 
the what is it doing pushing around the fluid it's doing something it's doing it's like yeah pushing around the fluid <laughs> keeping things moving keeping the blood flowing so you can do it when you put on your know. skincare or something but anyway i'm gonna try that we'll report back please keep me i have something sad to tell you which is that i saw today a rumor which features kate berlant which is that people think Phoebe Bridges and Paul Mescal have broken up because Phoebe Bridges and Bo Burnham were apparently seen on a date together at Kate Berlant's stand-up show in New York. <laughs> like yesterday. What? I know. It's such a meeting of many worlds. I feel like they're friends. Same. Same. But it's being fully covered by the – it's like being picked up by all these like major news outlets – that's... But I don't know why. Because he's married to the Hustlers director. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> yeah. A nippo anyway, husband. Kate Berlant popped up. Yeah. So I thought that was exciting. I hope that's not the case. Same. Okay. On to on Saturday night, our final date night in London, we went on a very special date together um we left the house it's bloody freezing and we went to a live performance what what is it called like a theater show yeah i never show yeah west end show west end show (laughs) cultured women yeah cultured women we've been reading about this um for ages yes we went to the ambassadors theater had a gorgy little date night beforehand had some drinks had some afterward drinks went out for dinner and then saw one woman show, which is Ling's, Liz Kingsman's one woman show, basically. And it's really, really hilarious. It literally was making us like laugh out loud. I loved it. I loved it as well. I, this, so this show had gotten like rave reviews last year when it was playing at like a much smaller theater in the UK. And The Guardian listed it as their number one comedy show of the whole of 2021 and then it got moved on to the west end so we were really excited to see it because the whole premise is that it's kind of like a spoof on the fleabag messy woman complex woman one woman show vibe and you never know with these things if they're going to be funny on paper and not that funny in real life Mm. but yeah like you say we're literally laughing out loud Liz Kingsman is so funny. And when she did that Australian accent, I was like, this queen does a great Aussie accent. And it turns out. She's an Australian queen. An Australian girl. I I think that's part of why we liked the humor so much, maybe. Even though it was very, like, catered to England. Very, very funny. And I I think what she does in this really, really smart way is to... She's like making fun of the flea bag thing, but in a very loving, <laughs> it's not at a Phoebe Waller-Bridge or at anyone else who does these kind of messy woman series or plays or movies or TV shows. It's kind of making fun of the fact that like these shows were really culturally groundbreaking because they were about showing that women can be flawed and nuanced and multifaceted and complicated. And that in itself has just turned into another stereotype that yes. women feel like they have to fit because of like TV producers and commissioners and the golden globe. Like it's not about the women who make it. It's about the, the the culture that absorbs it and like gets an appetite for one thing and that's all they want to see. And it becomes kind of like a joke. Yeah. And like how 
she's so self-aware because she's like talking about how the messy woman storyline or the like complex woman trope, as you say, was like so important for breaking down stereotypes about women. Um, And then like everything else has kind of just become another stereotype because these boring TV producers are green lighting it because it's selling. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it was so, so funny. So funny. I always get scared so. in show, and you know how when we always go to, we went to um, a different show, and I always get scared that I'm gonna like cough or sneeze or something, and I get so anxious <laughs> that I can't relax. So it was really nice to be at a comedy show. Yeah, where everyone's raucous and having a having a laugh. Yeah. So yeah, we were like so genuinely excited to see this. Regardless, this is like a special um, girl boss episode where we're talking about our rationale partnership, and now this. But we were so excited because the Sydney Opera House is coming to the Sydney Opera House. So all of you girlies in Australia are going to be able to have a little date night, wear your merch and go and see Liz Kingsman at the Opera House, which is obviously the chicest venue ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it will be there, be in Australia from the 1st to the 19th. Of Feb. Of Feb, sorry. <laughs> um, from the 1st to the 19th. <laughs> it's the 1st to the 19th. Feb. <laughs> you guys can figure it out. And... What's even more exciting is that to celebrate, we're going to get Liz on for an interview. I can't wait. I can't wait either. I actually wish we'd interviewed her before we'd seen the show because I'm going to be like a bit starstruck now. I genuinely think she's going to become like a huge, huge deal. Yeah. Like I feel like we're getting in early. We've spotted her quick. We're, this is going to be like when my mum saw Fleabag in like 2015. I can't believe that. in theatre in Perth. Yes. It's like when Hannah saw this Lord to a room of 15 people. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is the third, the trifecta. Yeah. So it's going to be a silly, funny episode. Let's get her on the Palomas. Yeah, let's get Liz lit. I feel like she'd be an AWD girl. Same. We'll give her a Jardo hat. <laughs> yeah. You can wear P-Rain shorts <laughs> at the Opera House. Um, so if you want to buy tickets, we're going to put it in the show notes as well. The show notes? Do we, do we just say that because of the high-low or does everyone say that? I don't know. Put it in the show notes. Um, at SOH, Sydney Opera House, SOH.online forward slash OWS. But it's linked to the notes as well. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Um, so on my road trip, the start of my road trip through this country – we were trying to look for podcasts to listen to. Got into Case File again, Grace, and then had to, like, pull myself out. Wait, there's been a real-life Case File this week, have you seen? No. Where a guy what? was out swimming with his wife and said she got attacked by a shark in front of him and has disappeared. But <gasps> everyone just doesn't believe it because it's suspicious. Oh, my out God. Out in open water. Where? I mean, God bless him if it's true. Um, <laughs> it, it's an American couple, I think. Yeah, of course it's, it's some, not true if it's an American where. couple. It's always the Americans. Yeah. They're so crazy. We were listening to like – They're we, so crazy. We, my boyfriend, bless him, will like m- meticulously go through them to try and like figure out the ones that I'm going to be okay listening to. And then we swapped mm. driving and I just like whacked on – basically we now only listen to men getting murdered. <laughs> Because I'm like, okay yeah. with that. There'd be way less, but yes. yeah, I always found those ones boring. What does that say about me? <laughs> I'm broken. Yeah. No, yeah. We listen to the ones where men, no, because men, when they get murdered often, wait, what are the, oh, I can't remember. Anyway, we're going to get into like this deep case file hole, which I'm trying to wean myself out of because then I was like starting to obviously like 
think of all these ways I would like murder my boyfriend and you know you start thinking about (laughs) don't you you know how that happens (laughs) I can honestly I'm not trying to sound like you know like holier than thou I I haven't had that when you listen to case file you're not like okay how would I get away with murder I guess, I guess, yeah. In general, get away with murder. Like, how, where would I bury a body? Okay, yeah. Who well, would this, I call? this was like, yeah. yeah. We like went for a walk in the bush, and I was like to him, if I push you off this, everyone would think <laughs> it was spot. Everyone would think it was yeah. a thing. It's not that hard. Yeah, and then he was like, oh my god, like, what if you murdered me? And then everyone would be like, she was listening to Case File and the days leading up to the murder, and then they'd be able to play this podcast. It would be such a special episode. Exhibit A, I'm subpoenaed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll be like Kate Moss with that filter on the Zoom on the stand. <laughs> the sexy Zoom filter. <laughs> You'll be like, I object, Your Honor. <laughs> with makeup by Charlotte Tilbury. <laughs> I object. <laughs> Your rationale glow. Um, gua sha. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, so we had to yeah. stop that. I was like, this must be stopped. Um, it always like one episode always just takes it too far. And then, oh, it was also the last episode that took it too far. It was gays, like this bunch of gays, this gaggle of gays who who murdered this straight man. And I was like, this is very White Lotus. The gays are out to kill me. Where was I reading about? Yeah, I was reading about another murderous gaggle of gays the other day. I think it was in New York. Yeah, there was like a 90s clubbing scene in New York. And then these two gay guys murdered their drug dealer and it just brought the whole thing to to a halt wild so anyway we had to stop so then we started watch listening to Heidi World which is a Grace O'Neill recommendation and it's I knew you'd love Heidi World I just knew it I knew it like I knew you'd love Poog it's so good so yeah it's 10 episodes and it's tracing Heidi Fleiss's like rise to infamy she grew up in LA and then basically kind of dropped out of school and then started getting on the party circuit and then was introduced through this dropkick ex-boyfriend to this Madam Alex, who's so iconic. Yeah, Madam Alex. I'm obsessed. I'm more obsessed with Madam Alex than I am with Heidi Fly. Same. And then Madam Alex had this, like, ring of height, like, top tier, I don't know how to explain it, escorts um, who were, like, catering to Hollywood and the rich and famous. And then Heidi just, like, at 26, took over this huge like booming business and had like 500 women who she was organizing to sleep with yeah like famous producers directors all these people in Hollywood and then she was making 500,000 US dollars a week like the equivalent of at, at one point it's so wild to me why sex work isn't like legal and regulated in the US when it's such an obvious money maker. <laughs> I guess because women are I, know. The, I don't know. You would just think men would have legalized it and somehow made a an industry that they themselves run and make all the money off. Um yeah, I was just like so impressed by her. You know, there's very few women in their twenties, even now, even the girl bosses of today with their huge social media followings and, you know, bikini lines none of them are making half a million dollars a week. I know. It's so impressive. Yeah. So she was like, it talks about how she was just a hustler from day dot and how she wanted to like move across Doheny Drive, which I know that street in LA like is the one that stops you from being in Beverly Hills. And Is it a great street? Does she have good taste? 
Yeah, it's just like a really, it's just like kind of a famous, it's a really nice street. There's a, there's a lovely supermarket on it. And yeah, it's like the the divider between basically Hollywood and Beverly Hills and how she just wanted to get up into the hills. And then by the time she's 26, she has this mansion in the hills, is having parties for Mick Jagger. I know you've already talked about this on the pod, but well worth a listen. Well worth a listen. And I just think, so I I I didn't know about her. And when I spoke to like someone of my mom's generation, she was, she said, oh no, she's so famous. That court case was so, so, so famous at the time. Yeah. Obviously we kind of missed it. Yeah. It's like a Ryan Murphy show waiting to happen, but it basically became this huge sex scandal where she was basically tried and, and, um, taken to court as this like madam of Hollywood and this notorious figure. And as always, always, always fucking happens, the sex workers and the woman running the show are the ones that get publicly humiliated the center of the show trial and get like jail time. And all of the clients that she had, which were highly rich and powerful men in Hollywood, not a single one was named or got in trouble. So it's like prostitution is illegal, but instead of fucking prosecuting the people that are paying make for it. It an industry which is the customers yeah you prosecute the like poor women that are being pushed into doing it it's this makes me so angry yes or just yeah even just like the women who are choosing i don't know just choosing to like do a thing where they're where it's all consensual between these two parties and then one party's getting yeah like put in jail for it and yeah it, like you say it was like super famous at the time i actually found a vanity fair piece from 1994 where they interview her and it's so iconic i'm only halfway through because i'm only halfway through the series and i didn't want to spoil all for myself but um yeah she said like at the in the piece it talks about how heidi says she never wanted to be famous but they were like now she's infamous in a town that measures worth by how much power one wields heidi is a force a lot of people are afraid of me she says and they should be leaders of countries called me and asked for sex you look at any picture of a politician with some girls around him and at least three of them will be mine oh so iconic so iconic it's mad to me i guess she just missed that's why i was happy this podcast came out because i feel as if there's space for her to have this huge resurgence it's crazy to me that she's just living this very quiet life away from the light maybe that's just what she wants now but i just feel as if she could have some major reality tv show or be like a a housewife or be i don't know something or be like a monica Lewinsky character Yeah, be a figure everyone knows and is obsessed with. Yeah, and be like a pro-sex work advocate. Because one of the girls who came out against Heidi, like the reason she got caught by the police, because basically she had the police in her pocket and stuff because she was just like paying everyone out with sex. Um, One of the girls who ended up becoming a police informant is now this like tratty right-wing political commentator who like thinks all sex work should be criminalized and it's just like horrible. So Heidi mm. should come out and be the opposite. Yeah. I, I looked up, there's not that much footage of her talking, but I I just get really good vibes from her from what I found. She's like a bit eccentric. She has she like collects rare birds or something. Yes. Let's I get like her on the her. pod. <laughs> yeah, we need to get her on the pod. She's terrifying. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Okay, let's talk about buckle fat. Everyone this week is talking about buckle fat, which I was confused by because I I guess we've been across buckle fat for a very long time, but it was because of Leah Michelle, which was very unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Leah Michelle just giving away Hollywood's secrets so blatantly. Basically, she put up the selfie, the sexy tussled hair selfie where she looks nothing like herself. (laughs) (laughs) It's so crazy. Yeah. The buckle fat. So buckle fat removal is like when you get the fat pads in your cheek removed to give you what looks like a more hollowed out whatever between your jaw and cheek is, and then it defines your um, cheekbones. Cheekbones, yeah, defines your cheekbones more. And it was a big thing a few years ago because it was what – Bella Hadid had reportedly had and everyone was talking about it and then Chrissy Teigen came out and said that she'd had it and then it kind of went dead for a while and now it's back. But I think this is the first time people have been talking about it with TikTok. So it's kind of taken off like wildfire. There's all these think pieces about how it's a trend and then people talking about why it shouldn't be a trend and blah, 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 blah. Yes. And I have to say, if yeah, it feels like peak plastic surgery discourse to me. Like I feel like I'm just about done with discuss. Like I, I just want – all of this shit to be over. <laughs> yeah, I think this is good though because I think it's like, yeah, as you say, we're reaching like a tipping point where because we've known about buckle fat removal for a couple of years, but I don't think the masses really have known that it's like this. I don't know, really have known that much about it. Like, I think people think people have cheek filler or naturally they're. Faces are shaped like that. It's like Leah Michelle has had buckle fat removal and then jaw filler to make her jaw. To, so mm. it's like two things that I think people don't know that much about. And I think it's good that everyone's now, I don't know, it's like exposing all of these secrets that, you know, like these celebrities will just say that they've had Botox and we're like, no, you've obviously had all of these different procedures done, but we don't know what. And as they're getting exposed, it's like, Obviously, people are not going to want to have this look so much anymore because it's so obvious. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, exactly. And it's also like we have kind of intentionally not really talked about the whole Ozempic thing, which everyone's talking about at the moment. But there was a lot of chatter this week around Mindy Kaling because she suddenly – 
put an Instagram up where she'd suddenly dropped a lot of weight and was saying like, oh, it's because they ate like uh, salmon and salad every day for whatever. And there's been this trend now where like so – and there was a big New York Times, uh, New York Magazine article about this where so many celebrities are <laughs> like basically taking this quote-unquote diabetes drug to lose weight and then it's coming out on TikTok so people are – thinking that if they do the same, the same thing with Leah Michelle, like if they get buckle fat removal, that's going to get them to suddenly drastically change what their appearance looks like and be way more attractive. But the thing with these wealthy celebrities that are doing it is that they have the resources, the financial resources to deal with all the ramifications of this shit, whereas everyday people don't. Like if you get buckle fat removal in five years, that's not going to look good. You're going to need consistent filler work, maybe a new plastic surgery thing to like, remedy it not looking good anymore you're going to need constant maintenance you know it's like it's not actually a thing that everyday people can afford to do but we're sold this one treatment as like the one thing that will change your appearance also like and that's like the fucked up part this this way of looking like this very bella hadid um angular face is like very much a trend right now and buckle fat removal is permanent it's like if you get something like filler in your lips or in your cheeks or in your jaw, wherever, that will, what's it called? That will like disappear, dissolve, dissolve yeah. within like a year. Whereas this is a permanent change to your, to your face um, to, to like follow a trend. It's, it's quite scary. It's scary. And it's, I, so I remember, do you remember when I was talking to you about wanting buckle fat removal? <laughs> yes. And you were like, do not get it. And I looked up a lot of YouTube videos of people showing how it's done. And it's fucked up. They go into your cheek. They slice it open. They pull out (laughs) a a literal little pad of fat. And I spoke to, like, put an inquiry in at a place just to ask them about it. And I just got really lucky with the guy I spoke to who basically said, you know, I only, like, he was quite expensive and he said, I only do this on people that I think it will suit them. And it only suits like a very, very specific face type. And he said, you have a rounder face with like fuller cheeks. It just will not look nice on you, which is so lucky. Because what if I just spoke to someone at like a laser clinic who were doing it for 200 pounds and they said, of course, you'll look amazing. You'll look like this and sold the dream, you know? Yeah. Then you just get it done and it's irreversible. I know. And also I want us, like I was looking at all these, um, Today's Beauty wrote a piece about it. And she was, like, talking about cherub cheeks, Alex Peters. She's actually one of my editors. She was writing about um, what also resulted from these discussions more positively. It was a sense of unity. Everyone came together to celebrate and champion cherub cheeks and baby faces. Baby cheeks girls must unionize. That is very much us. Pea brains (laughs) have big cheeks. (laughs) Yes. It's just, like... We just aren't meant to psychoanalyze our faces this much. We aren't meant to be – we shouldn't know what buckle fat is. It's something that, like, a doctor should be aware of. It's just not – we shouldn't We shouldn't be given this information to look at our faces and know down to the most minute detail what little things can be done to mildly improve how we look. I just hate it. I and know. It's, it's funny because we've been, like, in this culture for a while now, which I think you and I have grappled with of – is very non it's like not kosher to criticize plastic surgery culture or to criticize the rise of botox and if you do so it's seen as like very anti-feminist which i find a very when i really think about it i find it a strange thing because i do think women 
do feel good after they get this stuff done, but they feel good because we're in a patriarchy that tells us we're not supposed to age. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it is kind of fucked. Like it's, I don't know who at like big filler was in charge of normalizing plastic surgery conversations, but they've nailed the brief because just no one discusses it critically anymore. I know. Someone said like this whole cheek removal thing is so stupid because in nine months' time there'll be a TikTok girly who invents chip monk core or cherub mode or some shit and everyone will be like <laughs> wanting to reverse reverse it. So yeah. Keep the cheeks, girls. Don't take diabetes pills to lose weight, please. Please, please, please. please. Oh god, it's like yeah, it's just it's a lot. Yeah, it's and and like celebrities. What's fucked is that like celebrities are terrified about aging out of relevance or terrified about upholding the beauty standards. So they're doing these like extremely drastic things, which back in the day, at least we didn't know what they were. So we just thought people like Julia Roberts were superhumans who were just born perfect and like wow, there's this huge distance between us and them. Do the not now is celebrities to speak on her name. What do you mean? <laughs> Julia Roberts. It's all positive. It's all nice things. <laughs> saying she's like a goddess. <laughs> well, yes. I thought you were saying but. But no, I'm just saying like in that era, no one knew about what facials and skincare and like workouts and shit that Julia Roberts did. Like there wasn't this this information thing of, of knowing. Now just as soon as a celebrity does anything in terms of improving their appearance – it gets trickled down to everyone else so quickly. And that's like the dangerous thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Love the skin you're in. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit of skincare. What's wrong with a bit of skincare? Gua sha. What's wrong with a bit of gua sha? Okay, so on to... Vulture's Nepo Baby huge, like, store cover story um, and corresponding articles and graphs and <laughs> charts. Mm-hmm. Um, initially, when this came out, I wasn't very interested by it because we've been talking about Nepo Babies all year and the concept of Nepo mm-hmm. Babies and who was a Nepo Baby. And it blew up back in Feb, um, which they – they go into in the piece and the piece actually ended up being really funny and and like pulled out hilarious things about celebrities, mentioned some of our favorite AWD celebrities and favorite AWD Nepo babies. Um, but yeah, it, talk, it went into how this term has obviously been kicking around all year. Polyester Zine was actually one of the first to do like a big chat about it on their podcast. Then the New York Times picked it up and it was all based off this girl on TikTok, on Twitter, just being like watching Euphoria, not liking Maud Apatow's acting, and then realizing who her parents were and tweeting about it and calling her a Nepo baby. Yeah, so I agree with you when I saw the New York Magazine thing. I was like, oh, it's like a like a funny cover, but just thought what else is there to say that's already been said. Mm-hmm. But it was really funny. But it also, like you say, it kind of made me realize, I think the biggest takeaway was it made me realize that a lot of Nepo babies, I think, I've like fooled myself into thinking are better at what they do than they are. Like Maud Apatow, I'm just like, oh yeah, she's great. And now I'm like, she never would have, she never would have got hired <laughs> for yeah. Euphoria. Yeah, right. No. Like she's cute, but she's just a good. Like there's, she doesn't really have like it factor. <laughs> like God bless her. 
But you know what I mean? It's just all these random people that we just accept as celebrities now just because they're like forced on us. I know. Um, this is. I didn't know Maya Hawke. I don't know if this is like me sounding so fucking stupid, but I didn't know. I knew her dad was Ethan Hawke, I guess, if you put a gun to my head. I did not know her mom was Uma Thurman. Yeah, so crazy. What? Wild. That's what I mean. It's every second child. <laughs> but how she – so she's in obviously Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is directed by Quentin Tarantino, who's obviously like Uma Thurman is his muse. And then when yeah. she auditioned for a small part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, they say she was the only one who self-taped – who self-taped co-starred Ethan Hawke. That is so jarre. <laughs> Are you fucking joking? And hopefully the only one, hopefully. They're not even pretending. Yeah. And like, hopefully the only one who received an extra tight hug and a wink from Quentin after her callback. I would be so embarrassed if that happened. Why did they even go through the rigmarole of doing like a callback and stuff? You know what I mean? Why wasn't he just like, look, this one's going to Uma's daughter. (laughs) Yeah. These are all, these are all so funny. Like these, um. Parts they pull out. So when Reese Witherspoon told her friend Mindy Kaling that her son Deacon Philip, we need to make him an AWD boy, was interested in acting, <laughs> Kaling cast him as a prep school cutie in two episodes of Never Have I Ever, in which he did an impressive job of not staring directly at the camera. <laughs> he's so obviously talented and he's great looking, and we just thought he would be great, Kaling told Variety. Oh my god. <sighs> there's so many more like emerging that was also a big takeaway was all the ones i hadn't yet heard of who are in the mail i know like reese witherspoon's son yeah and then yeah they were talking about how like obviously tiktok's been doing all these big exposés on the celebs you didn't know were nepo babies and then there was like nepo babies being asked this year about being nepo babies so maud apatow was asked in an interview zoe kravitz was gwyneth paltrow was and then obviously lily rose depp <laughs> Yes. Which kicked off the anger. I think, wait, I feel like there's more funny parts to pull out in this piece. And then I think maybe we could like, I don't know, chat about why it is that the fact that there are Nepo babies in Hollywood causes so much anger. Because I yeah. feel like this this piece was just like, I don't know, the conversation online was just this like vitriol against these people and like, I don't know. I think if anything, Hollywood Nepo babies are kind of the least of our worries. <laughs> I'm like, it makes sense because I want to see you're in love already with like Julia Roberts. So obviously you kind of are interested in their kids. Cindy Cindy Crawford's daughter looks exactly like her. It does make sense. It makes less sense when it's like Nepo babies in like politics, law, all these other places where it's clearly happening just as much. That is so true. I think in Hollywood, yeah, maybe it's like we're angry at it in Hollywood because that's where it's the most visible, but we all know that Mm. it happens in every other industry. So that's where everyone like lets out their frustration about it is that Hollywood actors kids and then the Hollywood actor kids are like, why are you being so mean? Like, (laughs) I don't get it. They're confused. Um, Yeah. And that's exactly why. I think also because for these roles, for these jobs, you don't have to train. In the same way as if you were going to, like, if your parents are doctors, you still have to train to be a doctor. Yes, you have, like, your parents helping you, telling you all these things you wouldn't know otherwise. And then once you graduate, they can help you get a job. And, like, those connections really come in handy. But you actually do have to, like, go to medical school. Whereas for this, it's a bit different. 
Yeah, I think it's that. I think it's the fact that um, they use this Fran Lebowitz quote, which I used in a piece I wrote about nepotism as well, because it's so spot on, where she was basically like these Hollywood kids say, you know, um, it just got my foot in the door, but I just do the rest on my own. And like in the entertainment industry, getting your foot in the door is 90% of it because acting is not the easiest thing in the world, but it's not the hardest thing in the world either. Like it's a lot of these roles in teen TV shows or like even Maya Hawke getting that bit part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Like I don't remember her being in that movie at all because she probably just had to stand on the spot and say hi. Like there, it's this, I think, extra frustrating thing to people because I think if you polled a hundred people on the street, a pretty big chunk of them, if given the option, would love to like try be an actor or try be a screenwriter or try be a director or try be a musician or try be a even a video editor, a producer, like do something in the entertainment industry because it just comes across as this extremely fun, creative, glamorous job that also overpays in this insane way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just think it's like the fact that it's this dream gig and also if you're not born into it, the chances of you ever breaking in are just so obscenely low. I think maybe it's just like a privilege wealth gap thing where it just this Nepo stuff just reminds us of how unfair the world is yeah, (laughs) and how like the reason so many people don't achieve their dreams isn't because they're not talented enough. It's just because they were born unlucky, which is very confronting. Yes, so they mention, obviously, our favorite Nepo baby in the world, Brooklyn Beckham, and they talk about how Nepo babies, they mention him twice, (laughs) and they talk about how Nepo babies are thriving. What makes him so special is he probably just doesn't even know that this piece has come out. Yes. So there's a paragraph about how (laughs) Nepo babies are thriving in Hollywood today, and they mention all these new up-and-coming Nepo babies, and then they say elsewhere, so they're saying it's not just in Hollywood, Elsewhere, the celebrity media complex allows Brooklyn Beckham, son of David and Victoria Beckham, to headline Variety's young Hollywood issue without ever approaching anything you and I would recognize as a normal job. (laughs) And then later, it talks about how the Nepo babies just like get to try and try again and get all these opportunities that other people would would have one opportunity max if they're lucky, mm-hmm. to just keep trying. Mm-hmm. So um, they're saying, try and if at first you don't succeed, remember you're still a celebrity's child, so try again. No one exemplifies this maxim better than Brooklyn Beckham. In the words of Guardian's Marina Hyde, a celebrity psychon incapable of having what other mortals might regard as amateur hobbies without considering them nascent professional empires. At 23, Brooklyn has already cycled through oh aborted God. attempts to follow in his parents' footsteps in the world of football and modelling. He next tried to become a professional photographer, releasing a coffee table book full of out-of-focus pictures of elephants. <laughs> then he was a chef, a career he embarked upon despite possessing a level of culinary talent most commonly seen in BuzzFeed videos. While these endeavours have not been successful in the traditional sense, they've enabled him to amass 14.6 million followers on Instagram, where the only important metric is the one thing being a Nepo baby is insured of on the basis of their name, attention. That's so well written and so true. I think he exemplifies better than anyone. He is just someone that would just be laughed out of every single like audition room, job process. You know what I mean? Just he's... 
But it's like the fact that he is from this wealthy and famous background where it was just a given that he would become famous for something is why he doesn't feel the need to try. That's why he's so kind of compelling. Like he just gets like getting on that list of hundred hottest names in Hollywood when he has nothing to do with Hollywood and never has. Like he's not an actor. He's not a producer. He's not a director. He's not a script. Like why is he on that list? But for him, that's just his reality. So he is in his little dream world where he makes like gin and tonics and thinks that he's doing something groundbreaking. Yes. It's like our fault. It's our fault for enabling him. I know. And I love the part in the piece where it talked about how like it's not surprising that um, many Nepo babies get their start as models because the thing with Nepo babies is they're obviously born into like this insane wealth and privilege and power and celebrity that makes them so um, different and like unrelatable Mm -hmm. to normal people. So what ends up happening and like, I think this is the whole thing with the piece is, or the whole thing with this whole conversation is like, we like Nepo babies who acknowledge their Nepo babies or who are funny or who really have that it factor that we can, we understand why they're famous anyway, AKA Dakota Johnson and mm-hmm. Drew Barrymore and like Gwyneth Paltrow and whoever. Um, Kate Hudson. Yes. Yeah. And then they were saying, but like the thing with the others is the reason that they are so often models. It's because they don't have to open their mouths or talk. And this manager said, I've learned once they start speaking, the public doesn't go along for the ride. The more they talk, the more unrelatable they become. And then they said the most self-aware among them have the savviness to play against type, but that creates its own problems. So like, This part I found great. They said on Instagram, a lot of them are not necessarily showcasing their life as a socialite. They're like, oh my God, look at me at this dive bar. Girl, weren't you just on a yacht last night? Yes. That was a bit of a light bulb moment for me where I realized how many celebrities like cosplay as not poor, but like much less wealthy than they are. Yeah. just Or even (laughs) just the like- think it makes them look cool. The vintage shopping at the secondhand stores- in mm-hmm. New York, I mean, I have a go at Bella Hadid here, and yeah, they're acting like they're walking around just shopping at all the shops we're shopping at, and then you go into one of those vintage stores they're shopping at, and it's like vintage Chanel yes. from the archives, thousands and thousands of dollars worth, or just like a cute little Depop top mixed with, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It's also the thing of like Hollywood is so rigged because I just think, I don't know, like I just think people I know, I think you are funnier than like a lot of people that are in Hollywood movies for being funny. Like I think if you were forced in front of a, a <laughs> camera to be in a comedy, yeah, literally, no, you, but both I'm like of even us. other friends of mine, but like you, no, more you, like you're so funny. But I'm just like, I think so many people I just personally know are funnier than people that are in like paid a lot of money to be funny in Hollywood. I have a lot of friends who I think are like just as beautiful as like girls that are paid to be models for campaigns. Like I just think that it's Hollywood is just this little clicky system of families who are friends with each other, who do each other favors. And we just idiots on the outside think that it's this completely different thing like we think of that story of people going to Hollywood and working for five years as a waitress and then getting their big break and like having the huge story and it's like that happens one percent of times you know yeah also and the rest is just with this yeah. piece I felt I felt a bit sad for people who were getting conflated in this like nepotism baby bubble for example Jonah Hill and Beanie Feldstein were on the list because their dad was an accountant to Guns and Roses. <laughs> Yeah, that was a stretch. I agree. And then um, 
Phoebe Bridges' parent is a set builder, so they're saying that like helped her become this musician. I highly doubt it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, when you when I know that everyone's kind of well connected and like having Julia Roberts as an auntie, obviously, like, and her last name obviously severely helped like the likes of Emma Roberts and yeah, all those really really obvious ones but there are less super obvious ones than you would expect when I was going through that list yeah like Ben Platt I thought was a good example like he's obviously super talented but it's like the play he Dear Evan Hansen like his dad produced it and then his dad created the movie adaptation which cast him again even though he was like 10 years old like too old to play the character it's like that feels like nepotism on the surface, but also he is just obscenely talented. So if you were producing something, you just would cast him if he was around you. I don't know. What was – okay, there were two things where the people were unnamed. One was when a director said a girl with two – with famous parent, famous actor parents came in and he thought she did – a shit job and just kind of walked in with like this air of superiority and then she got the role and then it made her a household name and they didn't name her and I was like who is that I felt like it was Dakota Johnson yeah I yeah I know I can't think of anyone else who has two like mainstream famous parents and like yeah parents. and then it made her a household name which is obviously um 50 shades mm-hmm. and then the other one was the actor with a famous but common last name who um, got the role based off their talent alone and the director just didn't get the memo that they were, like, that person's kid. Dakota Johnson again. <laughs> it was A different director. <laughs> <laughs> I can see with the first one, Dakota Johnson coming across as very, like... Yes entitled bratty when it's just her personality is quite like aloof mm. and standoffish um for the second one can also see it being dakota johnson <laughs> i was trying to think of anyone else but i just couldn't obviously not kravitz i kind of disagreed at the end where it said like the only two didn't it say the only two people with star power were dakota johnson and zoe kravitz or it mentioned them as being like the people who actually have the it factor i think from my experience seeing Zoe Kravitz acting, I think she's just obscenely, obscenely beautiful. Like yeah. I don't – which I guess is its own it factor. But I don't think she's got that like acting prowess. No, I agree. I also think the piece missed out so many people. It didn't even mention like Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's kids. Didn't even mention Denzel Washington's kid, John David Washington. Yeah. Didn't mention yes. – um. Wait, who was it? There was someone who I didn't even realize was um tra- wait, Tracy Ellis Ross. Who's her dad? Her mum is Diana Ross. Oh my god. And her like, dad what? is Yeah. <laughs> I know. Her dad's someone. It's crazy. Yeah, her mum's Diana Ross. Yeah, insane. Wild. Yeah. Well, it's our kids everyone. are gonna grow up to be podcasters and then everyone will say They're gonna be podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know their parents oh had after work drinks every night i'm gonna play pray to the lord when i'm pregnant that my child isn't a podcaster you'd be lucky you they can they can be in a podcast with me uh, yeah what will it be called after work drinks 
again. Um, <laughs> um, okay, wait, before we go, because it's our Christmas ep, shit, we need to, we need to go. <laughs> We're going overtime. We're going overtime for you special girls. A few things from the year, very quickly, a, a very quick roundup of a few things from the year that made us <laughs> scream. Okay. Things we can't forget about. J-Lo unveiling her wedding pics on the J-Lo. On, on the J-Lo. And getting married to Ben Affleck. It's, yeah, huge. Arguably the biggest event of the year. Yeah. Um, the Don't Worry Darling press tour, specifically Chris Pine's face, and Florence Pugh walking yep. with the Aperol spritz in that purple two-piece. We'll go down in history. I licked her tit or whatever. <laughs> Needs no explanation. I missed this, but I, I understand. You saw it on TikTok. The Adam Levine story, I feel like we all had worked to repress it, to keep it out of our minds. I unfortunately had to remember it when looking up pop culture moments of this year yes yeah and the cut did an amazing piece on the year that man that men flopped which was just yes perfect bad year for men the dog called label the olivia wilde salad dressing recipe the dog called label. <laughs> that like sound bite of nicola peltz beckham saying i have all these labels in my bag because brooklyn loves labels so he gives me labels and we called our dog label is just see it in my mind. I think Olivia Wilde, more than anyone else, will be glad that this year's over. There was a, 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 a spooky, creepy blind item about Jason Sudeikis during the rounds yesterday, which was not good. I'll tell you off air, but Ooh. everyone can search at their own discretion. <laughs> but it, let's say she got out. She got out oh while God. she still could. Yeah. Um, Okay, well then, on that note, love you. Have a happy holiday <laughs> period, girlies. Um, we are going to take a short, restful break over the Christmas period um, because your girls are tired. We're run down. We're burnt out. We've burnt the candle at both ends. <laughs> we need a rest, a year of rest and relaxation. A year of rest and relaxation. So we're going to take a few weeks off the main. Patreon will still be running as per, and the next two episodes are going to be really fun because we're answering all of your silly questions which range from yes serious to absolutely hilarious yes and our interview with liz is going up on main feed over the christmas break as well so you will be getting another episode um but yeah if you want a lot of extremely fun pea brain stuff great time to join patreon gift your girlfriends gift the girlies and we love you and we'll be back on Friday 13th of Jan. Friday the 13th. Unlucky for some, lucky for eight of you <laughs> listeners. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.